0: I'm Ben Perry, welcome to Mild Spoilers, a solo conversation show about out of darkness and how to have sex. <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome to Mild Spoilers. This is episode number three. Thank you for coming back. And if it's your first time, thank you for being here. It's been a week at the Miles Spoilers office between seeing movies, uh, a bout of food poisoning, and Valentine's Day at my day job. But I am happy to report that all is well after all of that. This week I discuss two films that have one thing in common. They are from the British Film Institute funded by the National Lottery and are helmed by first-time feature directors. What all that means is the BFI, or the British Film Institute, uses national lottery funds to develop and support original U.K. filmmakers and films. This increases the audiences who can enjoy them. The King's Speech, uh, Gosford Park, Billy Elliot, and The Last King of Scotland were all made with the help of national lottery money. But before we get into those two films, I want to talk about the Academy Awards a little bit. There's been a lot of discussion about the Oscars this year, like there always seems to be. Most notably about the snubs. I'm not going to go into too much detail about those right now, just because I'm going to do an Oscar special as we get closer to the date. So what I do want to talk about today is the makeup of the Academy. There is a vast array of people that make up the Academy of Voters, that vote on the films that are in the Academy Awards. As of 2021, 33% of the Academy identifies as women, and 19% are from underrepresented communities. This year, they come from 93 different countries, as opposed to last year's 76 different countries. The total number of Academy voters? Just under 10,000 people voting on the year's films from around the world. Think about that. And now that you've thought about it, just remember when you try to formulate a coherent argument about your favorite film of the year. Think about 10,000 different people in different categories voting from around the world on all the movies released in 2023 or any year for that matter. And with that, we move on to our first film of the day. The first film of the week is from the trailer you just heard, Out of Darkness. From first-time feature director Andrew Cummings, this film is billed as a Stone Age thriller, and according to the tagline, that seems just about right. In the Stone Age, a disparate gang of early humans band together in search of a new land, but when they suspect a malevolent mystical being is hunting them down, The clan are forced to confront a danger they never envisioned. The first thing I want to mention is this film and its crew hired a historian slash linguist to create a language just for the film. The language is called TOLA and it stands for the Origin Language. Origin being what this movie was originally called before they changed the name to Out of Darkness. Think about that if you go to the theater to see this. The actors had to learn their lines in a made-up language. And rumor has it by the end of the shoot, the actors were actually improvising scenes in this language. They got so comfortable with it, which is just a testament to the commitment that the small crew and cast had on this film. While the first two-thirds of this film might evoke one genre... The third act is where it truly shines and it may throw people for a loop as well because the first two thirds are expecting a certain film. And then when that third act hits and it's not what you're expecting, it could be a letdown for some people. But uh, just give it a chance. It's a pretty fantastic film. It's about fear and survival and doing whatever it takes to be the one that does survive. That is conveyed through the crystal-clear storytelling and really superb acting. The conventions of this genre are essentially thrown out the window in favor of the original plan that Cummings had set forth, even though I read in a couple of articles that the better angels on his shoulder were trying to tell him to be more conventional. For me, I personally like that risk-taking mentality, especially in a new filmmaker. That just shows that his fresh ideas will hopefully keep carrying through through his uh, future films. And we should be seeing a pretty prolific filmmaker um, in the future, which I'm excited about. Besides the risks, uh, Cummings takes us on a really, really wild thriller. I found myself gripping the seat for minutes on end multiple times throughout the runtime of this film. And the only reason I let up was to be rewound into a ball of tension yet again. Overall, I left the theater completely satisfied and thinking about the subtext and not the misdirect. That's what I hope you take from this film as well. Oh my God! Oh, yes. oh, she's ready to go out! <laughs> What's your name? Tara. Who cares if you're a virgin? It's very chill. So why are you bringing it up then? Alright, do us a favour and wake Tara up. And shoot yours. How to Have Sex is the debut film from Molly Manning Walker, starring Mia McKenna-Bruce as Tara, Anya Lewis as M, and Laura Peak as Skye. It's a film that takes from Larry Clark's 1995 film Kids as much as it does from 2012 Spring Breakers. But the one thing this film does better than any film in that genre? It's relatable. This film on the surface is not supposed to be for me, but deep down... It's truly a film for everyone to see and to understand. Sexual assault in any form is what I would have to imagine is one of the most horrific things that can happen to a person. I wish it were easier for people to speak up if it happened to them. I wish people wouldn't be judged for coming forward and telling their truth. I wish people who commit this despicable act would all get caught and die a slow and painful death. This film shows a side to this crime rarely shown on screen, that being relatable. If you have teen children, I feel it's essential to take them to this film and not just watch it, but explain to them exactly what they are watching. With all that said, the performances were out of this world. The character of M is the kind friend that is always there for Tara and probably her best friend of the crew. And Skye, who's also a true friend, but also the jealous type that shows her teeth in the form of nasty quips, followed by a forced apology or a coy I'm-just-joking to cover the real meaning in her own internal conflict, and Peak portrays this role expertly. I find myself distancing my emotions from her, but also knowing exactly who she was deep down. That takes some pretty stellar talent to do that. The way the film is shot and edited is extremely frenetic. But then it comes to a grinding halt in the third act, and it's not jarring in any way, shape, or form. It's a very confident directing style that allows this type of storytelling. The director just lets the scene tell the story with long moments of the camera just sitting with our actors. No words necessary. And Mia McKenna-Bruce, as Tara, is the standout of them all doing so much with her eyes and her cheeks that she doesn't need clunky dialogue to show where her mind is or what she's thinking about or what she's going through. After the fade-out to the credits, I sat in my chair completely motionless, deep in thought, just trying to process exactly what I just saw and knowing that I, I don't even know how to describe the feeling of seeing what was portrayed on the screen. But I know it was important. I know it was extremely well done. And I just hope that everyone has a chance to see this film and to learn from it and to feel exactly what the director is wanting us to feel because there's something to say and it's important that we hear what they're saying. Thank you so much for listening to episode number three. If you get the chance, see these films while they're in theaters, and for that matter, any film that I talk about on mild spoilers. And if you do, reach out and talk to me on my socials. They're listed below in the show notes, or follow me on Letterboxd. Next week, we'll discuss some of the Best Picture nominees and a few of my favorite films from 2023. And as always, if I spoiled anything for you, I make no apologies as this is mild spoilers.